season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Texas native, former Texas 12, and current country singer Cole Whittlesey on the JKR Podcast for the Texas 12 Baseball Series powered by Mind Baseball. Cole, you're one of my first non-baseball players here on the JKR Podcast. How are you doing today? What's up, Jace? Uh, happy to be here, ready to, ready to get going. Awesome. Awesome. Before we dig into, you know, your career with the Texas 12, your career, your country, your country singing career as well. I got one question I'd like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast just to start it out, just to get it rolling. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Cole Whittlesey? Oh, God. Uh, well, my name is Cole Whittlesey. Uh, I, uh, Born and raised in College Station, Texas, um, and I don't know. I like to I like to have fun. I like to meet people. I'm real competitive, so obviously that's kind of my my sporting background: baseball and football. Growing up, doing both of those, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I like to I like to have a laugh and and hang out, and and you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty competitive at the end of the day too. So whether it's sports or you know. Uh, playing music and and trying to you know get into different venues in front of different crowds it's uh you know it all it all goes hand in hand I think I'm sure so I'm sure playing baseball and football down there in Texas I'm sure that gets pretty competitive so um I'm from Indiana so I mean all I hear is just stories about Texas high school sports Uh, but let's kind of let's kind of dig into it here a little bit starting with the Texas 12 we'll dig into that and then dig into you know your post baseball career to kind of what you're doing now uh, but just kind of take us through, you know, how you got connected with the Texas 12. I know Coach Bennett said you were part of either that yeah. first team or one of the first couple teams that the 12 had. Uh, so just kind of take us through how you got connected with, with that organization. Yeah. Um, I mean, we so, yeah, we all lived in the College Station area. Um, and Coach Bennett, um, I think, I mean, I don't even really know how it started because I was so young. I think we started when we were like eight or nine. Um and it just kind of became this idea of let's put a team together. Like we had a, we had a bunch of, you know, 
solid young players at eight or nine years old or whatever, you know? <laughs> and so they kind of threw it together. And um, I mean, I'm still, I'm still real close buddies with a bunch of the guys that were, you know, on that team. I live, I live with one still uh, Ryan Johnson. Um, so we're, we're roommates still, but yeah, coach Bennett and, uh, coach JJ was one of the first coaches that I remember having John Jacobus. Um, and so, yeah, we started playing, you know, around, around like the Katie Houston area. And I think we went into like the Austin area too, um, playing for the 12. And then I played with them, you know, the rest of, uh, the rest of my baseball through high school all the way till, till I, you know, graduated high school. So yeah. it was, a, it was a big part of my growing up for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. So were you part of Matthew Bennett's team yeah. or were you, yeah, you yeah. were, so you yeah. were a part of that, that first team that the Texas 12 put out there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Matthew. Um, and then, so Matthew and I played all the way through high school together too. He was, a uh, a year younger than all of us. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Ryan, like I said, he was on that team and, I mean, I could I could probably list pretty much everybody who was on that deal, but yeah, Matthew, Matthew and Coach Greg and the whole crew. Yep. Yeah. So you know, being part of that first team of the Texas Twelve, you know, you said you started out, you know, young, eight, nine years old. I'm sure you don't remember too much uh, from from that young. But then as you continued up, you said you played with the Texas Twelve until you know your baseball career came kind of came to an end in high school. Yeah. Uh, how did you see Coach Bennett, Coach Hodge? How did you see those guys, you know, grow the Texas Twelve program? Um, to kind of where it was when you hit graduation and then even, you know, maybe beyond that, now that you're still in uh, college station. Dude, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, honestly, because whenever we played for the 12, it was still, I think it was still like the college station 12 at that point. Um, and then maybe towards the end of, towards the end of high school, maybe I think it became like the 12 and now it's the Texas 12. And I mean, watching what it was to what it is now is just, I mean, it's night and day how crazy it, it has grown. Um, me and Ryan were talking about it the other day, actually, just like going from one team of a couple, you know, nine-year-olds or whatever to, I mean, there's teams, I mean, I don't even know how many teams there are now. It's it's crazy. It's, you know? yeah, it's, it's a lot. And it's packed of, you know, dudes who are like, you know, playing at a super high level, going to, you know, every D1 you can think of and, you know, getting drafted and everything too. So it's, yeah, it's wild what, uh, what once was to what it is now for sure. So you mentioned, you, you talk about, you know, your, your roommates with one of your former tech 12 teammates, Ryan, you know, you, you had a good relationship with Matt, Greg's son, but what yeah. are some of those relationships you have you know, with your Texas 12 teammates from years ago, um, any guys that potentially went and played college baseball besides Matt, uh, kind of take us through it. Maybe some of those relationships are. Yeah. Well, so we all played high school together and, um, we actually won state in our junior year. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think we had like eight D one guys off that team. Um, but yeah, some of the guys that, let me think. It was Matthew Ryan, uh, Jake Georgitis, Jackson Grisham, Walker Davis, uh, McGregor Hines. Um, I know Bailey Rowlett played on the 12 to he went on the first one, but um, he went and played college ball. And uh, who else do we have? Kyle Richardson played for um, the 12 and he went on to AM. So, yeah, it was uh, I mean, there was a lot of talent on on that uh 
that nine-year-old team that ended up going and, and, and playing at the next level. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool to, to look back at that too. Cause it was just a bunch of, you know, uh, literally just a bunch of competitive nine-year-olds that I think a bunch of the dads kind of got together and were like, dude, like these guys can, these guys can play a little bit. Like we should, we should maybe put something together. Um, and then I don't even think they, you know, expected it to be what it is now um, when it started, or at least, you know, maybe they foreshadowed more than we did as young kids, but you know, it's, uh, it's wild to see. It kind of puts a smile on my face whenever I see kids from, you know, Houston, Dallas, whatever, um, signing, signing to go play D1 ball. And they say they played for the 12. It's pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about relationships, what was that relationship you had with Coach Bennett? You know, obviously you're starting that when you're, you know, eight, nine years old. How did that evolve over time, you know, playing for him for, you know, eight, nine, maybe 10 seasons? Uh, yeah. What was that type of relationship? And then even beyond that, um, who were maybe some other Texas 12 coaches that you maybe bonded with over your years playing for the organization? Yeah. Um, Coach Bennett, I still remember this. I mean, obviously he he knew us all when we were real young, but <clears throat> I remember even up until when we were in high school, you know, we'd, we'd have practice and then practice would end, but we'd want to, you know, get extra work in or whatever. He'd stay out for hours after practice throwing BP, you know, till his arm fell off to all of us. Um, and I mean, that's just crazy to think about because he was, he was there when we were, eight, nine, up until when we were 17, 18, you know? Um, so yeah, he, I mean, he's definitely one that, you know, he, he rode the wave with all of us for sure. Um, and then coach JJ, I think he was the very first coach that we had. John Jacobus was his name. And, uh, I actually got to see him a couple weeks ago. We played a show up in, uh, Dallas at Hanks, Texas, and he's living up there now. And so him and his wife came and that was just kind of a cool moment. Cause I hadn't seen him in, you know, quite a while. Um, I think, uh, who else do we have? Mark Mangum. He's still with, uh, coaching with the 12. Um, Keith Stein was one of my coaches growing up and he played for A&M and Sam Houston. Um, and, uh, who else? Coach, oh, one of my, I can't forget my boy, my boy Brondock, Ryan Broninger. He uh he works for Texags now and he's like a, a huge supporter of me and and my uh music career. Um cuz he's a huge fan of of Texas uh the Texas music scene. Um but yeah, I freaking love Bronny to death, man. He's he's a fun guy. I love just going and getting to grab drinks with him and, and catch up every now and then cuz uh yeah, he he's known me since I was, I don't know, 12, 12 years old, probably up until now. So yeah, the, the, the 12, uh, the 12 runs deep for sure. Um, that, that makes me think of another thing, actually freaking, uh, Phil Carey. He was, uh, one of my hitting coaches growing up and he, he played at A&M and, and coached for, for the 12 for a while. Um, he actually, he had like a dinner party one time, like a couple of years ago, probably. And, uh, <clears throat> invited a couple of buddies that he golfs with over and they told me to, to come over and hang out. And he was hanging out with, uh, Alex Wilson, who he played with the tigers for, you know, I think seven years or so. And he, 
played for a couple other teams too, but he was a big leaguer. Um, he was over there hanging out and they just like whipped out a guitar and told me to play and stuff. And so I played a couple songs and, and Alex has all these connections. So he was like, I'm gonna, you know, hook you up with some of my friends. And so just through going over to a, a dinner party at a uh, Phil Carey's house, one of my old hitting coaches kind of opened the, the door to, to play with some, with some cool people like uh, Josh Abbott later on, you know, and, and so that was a, uh, that was just kind of a, a funny story because I wouldn't have been put in that predicament or situation if uh hadn't, uh, you know, played for the 12. So, okay, yeah. so yeah, it's wild. It's yeah. sure. Yeah. So I got two baseball questions here and then we'll move into, you know, your music career. Um, yeah. um Obviously you dug into there for a second, but um, so as you're looking back into your career with the Texas 12, you know, playing with Matthew Bennett, your your roommate now, playing for all these different coaches, creating all those different relationships, what are some of those just favorite memories that come to mind when you remember just putting on that Texas or the College Station 12 uniform, the 12, yeah. whatever, whatever it was, uh, just what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind? Yeah, I mean – I mean, I just – I remember growing up, I feel like every single weekend or every other weekend we'd be going down to Baseball USA in uh, in Houston, Texas. And, you know, we roll up to that facility, and at that time that was, like, you know, bigger than life for us. Like, you roll up, they got the huge fountain right out front, and then you drive down the road, and, like, there's I don't know how many, 12 different baseball fields that they've got, you know, at that complex – and so, yeah, just growing up with those guys and like getting to play literally every weekend during the summer with them. Um, I mean, you kind of, <clears throat> you just effortlessly build, you know, uh, relationships that, that you kind of don't forget about even way after all of our playing careers, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and running into those guys uh, after a while, it's cool because it's kind of all drawn back to, you know, we start talking about what, you know, what it was like playing together and, and, and joking with, you know, some of those guys. And so, yeah, it's it's cool, man. It's it's something you you kind of don't realize in the moment. But then later on in life, you're like, man, that was that was pretty cool getting to getting to play all those, you know, games and summers and you know, all that stuff. So it was, it's cool, man. Yeah. So beyond, so beyond the Texas 12, you also said that that kind of first team for the 12 all went to that same high school. You guys won the state championship, your guys junior years. Um, You also said you played football there in Texas. So take yeah. us through just your high school sports experience, you know, when it comes to baseball, winning that state championship and then just Texas high school baseball, I mean, high school football as well, because everyone talks about Texas high school football, Friday night lights. Take us through a couple of those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, yeah, I, I miss, I miss getting to, getting to play Texas high school football. Cause it is, it is like nothing else, dude. Freaking the town, whatever town you're playing in, whether it's a home game or an away game, everybody shows up like the place is packed. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, college station people, like it was pretty similar too for for our baseball team. Like a lot of people would would freaking show up for those because they they knew that you know a lot of our guys were were real good. And so, um, 
and obviously, you know, we, we ended up winning state one of those years, which was, which was really special. But um, yeah, I mean, the people down in Texas do, they, they love their sports and rightfully so, you know, I can't wait to, you know, one day have, have some, hopefully some boys of my own that, you know, are able to, to kind of do, do similar things, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's electric and, and it was really cool getting to, getting to do that, especially with guys that I feel like a lot of people don't get to, you know, say like you graduate and play with the same guys that you started playing with when you're eight years old. You know what I mean? Cause really <clears throat> that core group pretty much did stay together all the way through. So it was, uh, it was a, you know, really cool experience to look back on for sure. So your, your sports career comes to an end, you know, you graduate high school, you go to Texas A&M for, I, I believe I saw what, 2019, you graduated from there. Yeah. Um, so you go to A&M, kind of where does this timeline come into place to where, you know, music starts getting involved? Take us through, you know, that transition from, you know, playing high school sports, baseball, football, to, you know, finally making it late, your way into music. However, that transition was kind of take us through that. Yeah. I mean, so I've got a, I got a decently musical family. Um, my mom played piano and, and sang at church and everything. And my sister plays guitar and sings and, so I, I've been singing for, since I was little, you know, um, but I was so busy with sports growing up that I didn't really, you know, it wasn't really on a, on a thought of mine to, to be, you know, singing or playing music or whatever. Um, and then once I, once I got to A&M and I wasn't playing sports anymore, I just was, I was kind of like looking for something to do. I remember my, Second semester of my freshman year, I think I was like, you know what, like screw it, I'm I'm just gonna teach myself to to learn guitar because like I got I got to do something, you know, like, and you know you got a lot of downtime whenever you're not playing sports anymore. And so I remember I went and just bought a guitar, and I was like, if I spend a you know a decent amount of money, then it, it's gonna make myself learn how to play it. And so started learning guitar, and then. <clears throat> You know, I got connected with a handful of pretty musically talented friends of mine and and they were kind of like, man, like, you know, pushing me to to continue doing it and to, to can continue, you know, learn how to play the guitar, getting better and better at it and start writing my own stuff. And then I just I mean, it's kind of just like snowballed basically from there, like you meet people and, and they're musically inclined and you kind of meet other people that are musically inclined and then here we are I'm you know trying to play every weekend with with guys and and releasing music all the time and that sort of stuff so yeah it, it all has kind of happened pretty pretty fast honestly but it's uh it's kind of cool because it's it, it really does like uh bring in that kind of like competitive nature that we talked about at the beginning like can't you know not playing sports really anymore but like this is something that I can like I can stay persistent with and, and work hard to to keep doing and, and try to like make my own goals build build those stepping stones um that I think you know playing playing sports kind of built the foundation doing that so um yeah it's really it's really cool to to kind of look back and see <laughs> see how fast all that kind of snowballed but yeah yeah it's weird weird whenever you whenever you stop playing sports you kind of like grasp for something to do because 
you know, it, it takes up a lot of your time and then you're like, what do I do now? You know, yeah. that's, I mean, that's where the podcast came, it came into play. I mean, I, you know, freshman year of college, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be an, an agent. I don't know if you looked into the podcast at all, but I'm trying to be a baseball agent. And, you know, I was, wasn't playing baseball, basketball anymore. I was like, shoot, let's start a podcast. Let's start connecting with people. And, it's kind of snowballed from there. I'm epi- I think you're going to be episode like 199 or 200, somewhere around that number. So, you know, a couple of years go by and, you know, we're, we're like that. But you've come a long way from, you know, you're on your, I mean, you're on every streaming platform now from what I saw. Yeah. Uh, you go from teaching yourself to play guitar to now, you know, just a couple of years later, you're on every streaming platform. It looks like you had quite a few songs released. I mean, take us through that process and how that happened, what some of those stepping stones were. Just take us through. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, dude, honestly, like, you kind of get into that scene, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I still really, you know, I'm still trying to learn every single day, but I've just been fortunate to kind of, like I said, like, meet people that have that have really helped me out and, like, kind of taken, you know, taken me under their wing a little bit. Um, one of my one of my real good buddies that I met through Phil Carey, one of my old hitting coaches, um, his name's Alex Wilson. Uh he's the guy who played for the Tigers for a while. He's a, he's an agent, but he also does a whole lot of uh, other, you know, side business sort of deals. And so he, he connected me through one of this music events that they planned to, to a guy named Charlie Hoagie. And he's a pretty, you know, big time production manager for a whole different or a whole, you know, list of different festivals and everything. And so just guys like that, who, who I've met through, you know, whatever, just networking and, and talking to people. Um, guys like that have just, you know, kind of taken me under the wing, helped me out a ton. And uh, so it's, that's just, it's kind of like anything else. You just, you meet people and you hopefully, you know, connect with them and, and hopefully they like, you know, your, your sound and, and what you're trying to do. And uh, they kind of, you know, put you, put you in front of other people that, that help you one way or the other. And so, kind of just like a, a stepping stone deal you're just trying to trying to build off that basically <clears throat> so what have been some of the biggest the biggest roadblocks that you've experienced so far and then how have you know maybe you know stepped above them and, and kind of you know kept evolving yeah I mean <clears throat> like it's I guess the biggest thing would be like reaching out to to venues or festivals that maybe you don't have a a foot in the door or someone on the inside who can kind of like whisper in an ear and be like, Hey, you know, maybe talk to this guy, whatever. Cause a lot of those, you know, a lot of those guys, if you're not, you know, huge already, then they're probably not going to answer or just not be interested. But I mean, that's just, that's just kind of part of it. You just, you kind of take it on the chin a little bit and I got on to the next one. So um, yeah, it's just like, it's just like anything else you, you just, you spread your net as far as you can and then you're going to catch something here and there, but you know, there's some that you're not. And that's just, you know, that's just part of the deal. You just keep on rolling. Yeah. So when you are, you know, looking for shows, you talk about reaching out to venues that you don't have a foot in the door, but I mean, when you are reaching out, I know that Nashville, Tennessee, for me, you know, not knowing too much about, you know, music, I hear Nashville's like kind of like 
the place to be, but you know, you, you mentioned Texas, I'm sure, you know, that that's a big area as well. Kind of take a, what is that, you know, when it comes to just the Nashville music scene, you know, what it takes to go play there. And then the Texas uh, music scene as well. Cause you know, I mean, Texas, Texas is very big on country music as well. So just take us through what that music scenes look like in Nashville and then in your hometown as well in Texas. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the cool thing about, and I don't know if it's like this for other states, because obviously I've been in Texas my whole life, but the the Texas scene, it kind of ha- it just has its own special following. Like Texans really provide a a a, a place where <clears throat> they take pride in in music here, and and um, they show up, and people have made you know really really good careers. Um, starting out in Texas and then evolving and then eventually getting too big for Texas, you know, like, you know, guys like Cody Johnson and Parker McCollum and Co Wetzel, um, just to name a few. Um, so it's really cool seeing that because, I mean, there's a ton of talented musicians uh, and people in the music industry in Texas um, and a whole lot of talented producers who work in Texas that, uh, that are constantly, you know, getting stuff recorded for, for some of these artists. So, um, that part's been really cool for me because, um, in most, I feel like in most States, you probably would have to be like, Oh, if you want to do music, it's, you know, you got to move to Nashville and kind of, um, you know, navigate that road, which you still can definitely do in Texas. Like, like I said, like a ton of Texas guys, you know, are in and out of Nashville, working on, you know, recording stuff or, or playing shows up there or talking to, you know, booking agents up there. Um, but it is really cool. A special, special thing about Texas is cause there's just, I mean, there's so many, there's so many live music venues and, you know, the main areas like college station, Austin, Dallas, Stephenville, Lubbock, uh, Houston, you know, um, so you can, uh, you can make a, a really solid foundation here, which is, uh, which is really cool and special. Just, you know, being a guy from Texas, is cool to, it's cool to see and to be a part of. Yeah. So when you're in Texas, what are maybe, what, what are some of the biggest venues that, you know, the places to play um, in Texas, where have you played at? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, I think the, the two, the two, maybe not like biggest size wise. Well, Billy Bob's is big size wise. And just, I mean, its name like everybody wants to play billy bobs uh and then the other one that i think of is green hall uh down in like the new Braunfels area it's just it's like the most iconic place you can think of when you think of texas music um so those two are really you know uh uh names that you kind of first think of when you think of texas venues but some some of the ones that i've played that i love are like floors floors country store and uh Pelotas, Texas, which is basically San Antonio. Um, Hanks, Texas, up in the Dallas area is a really, really fun one and a and a cool one. My one of my personal favorites, or two of my personal favorites, because uh, they're in College Station, is uh, the Tap uh, in College Station, and then I'm playing at Hurricane Harry's in College Station this Friday um, with uh, Shane Smith and the Saints. If you've heard of them. Um, they're doing really, really good right now. Um, so yeah, there's, I mean, there's a ton of places in Texas to play, man. It's, it's really freaking cool. And, and the people always show out and, you know, get rowdy and have a good time. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a whole lot of fun. Man. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. 
I'm sure. So this Friday, you said you're playing at Hurricane Hurry, at Hurricane Har- Harry's, Harvey's. What Harry's. is it? Harry's. Yeah. Hurricane Harry's. Harry's. Yeah. Okay. So what? So this this upcoming Friday, let's say you know you go to bed Thursday night, wake up Friday morning. What goes into a full day that you're performing? Uh, usually. <clears throat> Any day that I, I play like a, a, you know, one of those shows, like it's a pretty big show. Um, I'll usually get a, you know, get a workout in and um, depending on whenever we got to load in and, and get all our guys set up. So like this one, obviously we're opening the show, so we'll get there and, um, you know, have, have load in and get all of our equipment set up and then get all the merch set up, all that sort of stuff. Um and then basically like uh make sure to accommodate whoever we're opening for because we want to you know we want this to know like it's their show for sure like we want to put on a good show but it's it's their show at the end of the day um and we want to be you know as respectful to, to them as possible but uh this is also a band that a ton of us like me and the guys who i play with in my band i mean that it's Shane Smith and the Saints, they're like one of the best live bands uh, around right now. Like they just, they're crazy, man. They put on a hell of a show. And and I think they they just sold out Red Rocks. They're playing there in uh, Colorado uh, in May, I think. And they just sold that out in like five days or something. And so <clears throat> for a show like that, like it's, uh, it's a fun one to look forward to because um, – Cause yeah, getting to, getting to play with those guys is uh, you know something you don't really don't really look past. So yeah. <clears throat> so is there is there a mindset difference? Let's say on a day that you know you're going to be the opener for a band like that who you know has a bunch of fans is consistently selling out. Is there a <clears throat> mindset change for a day like that compared to let's say a day when you aren't an opener or yeah. like I said, like I said, I mean I'm I'm not you know don't have too much knowledge on the music scene. So I guess yeah. whatever I'm trying to ask, whatever the second option would be, how like is there a mindset change with that? I don't know if there's necessarily a mindset change. Um because my goal as a as a musician is to just go out there and and put on as much of a high energy show as I can because I want the people in the crowd to be having a good time. And maybe if the people in the crowd haven't heard us before and maybe don't know, you know, some of our songs that we're playing, I want them to still feel the energy through what we're playing, you know? And then maybe they're like, Oh, like that song was dope. Like I want to, you know, go look up whatever that was. Um, And then also it's just kind of like a, like a, the amount of respect that I have for Shane Smith and the saints and like, a bunch of these, you know, bigger acts that, that we'll get to open for. I just have so much respect for them that I want to like, I want to put on a damn good show to make them proud. Like, like, hell yeah. Like those guys, you know, they killed it as an opener. Like, you know, they can, you can tell that they, you know, give a crap. Um, And so I don't know if it's so much of a mindset change, but you're definitely like, I mean, it's, it's not like, it's definitely in the back of your mind. You're like, all right, like we gotta, we gotta really, you know, we gotta bring it, we gotta bring it. And so, um, but that's fun, man. Like that, that, like, that's the kind of thing that like, you know, gets me, gets me excited. I, I want to play in front of, you know, way more people than, 
a crowd of, you know, 20 or so. Like, it's just, that's what, that's what you kind of look forward to as a, as an artist. So. So as I'm looking through your website, which everyone listening, it's colewittlesey.com. I'm looking through your website. I see that you've got an album released from the looks of it. So what goes into <laughs> making an album, releasing it? Like how long does that generally take? What was that experience like? What does that look like? Yeah. So last year, the technically it's an EP because the album's like seven songs. This one had four songs on it, but um. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, man, in the in the world today, like, because everyone, everyone, when it comes to music, they they hear a song and then they just want more, you know, they immediately want more because you can listen to any song you want right now, whenever with streaming platforms, you know. And so it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of, you know, a lot of money to 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 get stuff recorded. Um, but <clears throat> like. Luckily, like I said, I've, I've been connected with uh, some really talented producers um, that have, you know, graciously decided to work with me. Um, and so that that album that or the EP that we came out with last year um, was with, or I guess it was the end of 2021, um, was with Taylor Kimball. And I mean, it's just a lot of fun because those guys, they're so talented and and. Um, whenever you get in a room with them to kind of like bounce ideas off each other, as far as how we want something to sound and how we want, you know, what we want the audience to hear at a certain point is just really cool. Um, and then I've released a handful of singles last year um, since the EP. And then we've released a single at the beginning of this year, I guess the end of last year. Um, and we're working on an album, uh, right now so that'll be like a eight to ten song album there but uh yeah I mean it's it's a lot of work but it's so it's so rewarding when you're done with it all and when it's all you know comes together and you actually get to like flip it on and and get to get the reaction of of people that that listen to your music and enjoy it um just to hear what they have to say um but yeah it's definitely a process it, it takes it takes a whole lot of 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 work, time, and people to to put it all together, but man, it's uh it's worth it whenever you're, whenever you're actually done with it. Mm -hmm. So for let's say somebody listening to this podcast right now, they want to go, they want to hear your best song or just a song that you think brings the best vibes or whatever. What is that song or two couple songs they should be listening to? Oh, God. Um, I think one of the favorites. I think from from people that uh you know fans or people that that really uh like our music song called nowadays <laughs> um and it's just I mean it's a high energy song and it's it's real catchy and the guitar in it is just you know gross like it sounds it sounds it sounds great and so that one's one that a lot of people really like um and then the one we just came out with is called I know it uh I, I personally just I love the the writing and the meaning behind that one. Um and it's again a higher energy song. Um and then a little slower one, a little sadder one is is called Sunshade. Um I think uh a lot of people uh I think really connect with that one and, and can maybe put themselves in the in the shoes of of me whenever they're listening to that song. So 
there's a little variety right there, I guess. Nowadays, I know it and Sunshade, I think, are, are three good ones that if you want to want to hear what I'm about, you can flip on one of those three. <laughs> I'm going to be listening to those three back to back to back right after. Yeah, there we go. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> All right. So we dug into your favorite memories as a baseball player with the Texas <laughs> let's dig into those favorite memories you have these past couple years being a country music artist you know whether that's playing at a cool venue maybe some crazy fan experiences what are some of those favorite memories you have as a country singer oh man um i mean i think one of the shows that comes to mind and just who we got to open for that was really cool um we played the Crawfish Open Festival out in the, the Hill Country area in Lano, Texas. And we opened for uh, Mike Ryan. And Mike Ryan's one of the guys that I've definitely looked up to um, as an artist. And so getting to play with him was just, I mean, that was just really cool. And then also, I mean, we, we were playing in front of, there's probably a thousand or so people at the festival. And, um, or at least by the stage area, area, you know, hanging out. Um, and then also I've got family in that area too. And so like my cousins were out there running around and like, you know, my aunt and uncle were there and they're all huge supporters of me. So that was just, that was really cool getting to, getting to do that in front of family um, and seeing all them. Uh, and then honestly, the, about a month ago, we played at, Floors Country Store in Helotus, um, up by base. It's basically San Antonio, but that's kind of been like a, a bucket list spot for me to play. Um, Cause I mean, the names that have gone through that place are crazy. You know, uh, Parker McCollum's played there. Uh, Turnpike Troubadours have played there. Like, I mean, you could just, the list goes on and on. You you step into the green room there and they've got pictures and framed of everybody who's played there. And so it's, it was just a cool experience. And, and we got to play there in front of, yeah, I think there was like 600 or so people. And so, um, you know, that's always when it's, when it's numbers like that, that you're playing in front of, it's just always, it's always a fun crowd, you know, and they're, they're real into it and, and, and getting to talk to them after and stuff. And it's always funny to me, like when people ask for like autographs, you know, cause right now, like, you know, in my head, it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not there yet to where they're, they should be asking for autographs, you know, but uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's really cool and, and kind of humbling whenever stuff like that does happen. Like it's, it's a, it's kind of like a, yeah, you're, you're headed in the right direction, you know, keep, keep working hard, keep doing your thing, you know, that sort of deal. So um, those are two that come to mind for sure. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that you guys are working on an album right now, but as we, you know, we're early in the year of 2023, what are some of those goals that you have for the rest of this year, maybe heading into 2020, 2024 as well? <clears throat> some of these, you know, short-term goals you guys have. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we, uh, we're already hitting one this Friday, getting to play with Shane Smith and the Saints. There's, you know, there's a there's a, a list of artists that I really want to play with and and open shows for that I've kind of been been eyeing and and you know been been able to again. Some of those are coming up, which are going to be exciting. So that's cool. Um, 
And then I think it's just as long as as long as we keep taking steps forward, you know, then I'm I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like it's as long as you can consistently see progress and like you know, uh, listeners growing, your monthly listeners keep growing and like I don't I'm not a huge fan of social media, but it's very important in this business, you know. And so as long as, you know, those numbers keep keep growing too, like those are obviously goals that that we have as a as a band um and and then yeah getting the getting the album completely finished is definitely like the the forefront of the goals like i i want to i want to get that out there for for people to hear and and listen to cuz that's kind of ultimately how you are able to to gain a a following and a fan base is just by putting out good genuine music that you hope people you know like and connect with um but just you know something that you're proud of putting it out there for people to hear mm-hmm. so let's say everything keeps let's say everything's going right for you you know you <laughs> this album drops everyone really enjoys it you keep you know opening for some of these people potentially you know maybe getting some openers for yourself as well yeah uh, what does that vision for for you as a band as a country music singer look like five years down the road things continue to go right for you what does that look like yeah. I mean, I think for me, like, I mean, obviously I, I want to play in front of, I want to pl- play in front of tons of people. Like that's, I feel like for every artist, that's something they want to do, but I just, I want to put a product out there that I'm, that I'm proud of and that, you know, can help me live a good life, pay the bills, all that sort of stuff. Um, And I just, I mean, I just, I love doing it so much now and I haven't been doing it for that long. It's been like a little over two years now that I've been, you know, grinding and releasing music and playing shows. Um, But just getting to a point where, where I'm fully immersed in it and I can just continue to, to, you know, take step in stone after step in stone. Like that's kind of, that's kind of my mindset on it. I just, I love being, being able to do it. And being able to, you know, get to say that I get to step on stage on the weekend and travel to wherever to play shows in front of new people. Like, that's just the the coolest thing to me um, is getting to say that I, you know, get to be a, a part of a part of the Texas scene. So, yeah. So, so digging down deep, for, I got three more questions here for you. One, you know, maybe a little bit deeper question. Two, that will end it off pretty simple and easy. Yeah. Last, last uh, difficult question in a way. Um, yeah. So internally, what are some of those motivations that you have to just, you know, continue on with your country music career, continue to just continuously evolve, go get better every day? Just what are some of those motivations that you have? Yeah, I think, I mean, man, like to me, life's life's short. And I mean, you're only you're only put on earth once. And so <clears throat> I'm so thankful to my to my parents and honestly, I'm so thankful to like past coaches and, and, you know, everyone who just had a, you know, part in my, in my upbringing, because I feel like they instilled in me, like you work hard to get what you want and you treat people the right way and you never settle. And so when it comes to that, like, you know, I I think in life, like you choose something that you want to do and you pick out something that, that you really enjoy and that you want to put your whole self into. 
and you just work your tail off doing it, you know? And like, hopefully that, you know, I hope every single person, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I had, I hope everyone were to find something that they really, really enjoy to do something that they love to do and say that, you know, it's not really work. And then they just work their tail off doing it and can make it into, you know, a career or something bigger than what they ever thought it would be. And so something like that, that's what kind of motivates me. Like I want to be able to say, you know, I, I freaking worked my tail off and, and did something that, that I was proud of. Um, and so, you know, one day I can tell my kids the same thing, you know, like you can, if you decide you want to do something and you just bust your ass doing it, then, then you can get it done. You just gotta, you gotta grind. And I mean, it's just like, it's just like anything else, any, any career you go into, if you play sports, whatever, like you just bust your tail and you treat people the right way and you don't settle for anything. You just freaking go out there and, you know, nose down, get it done. Like I just, I think there's something to be said about that and it just makes it, you know, it makes it a special feeling too when you, you know, every now and then you look back and you're like, man, what was I doing six months ago? What was I doing a year ago to what I am now? You know, like it's uh it's just like, it's a really cool, uh, <clears throat> it's a really cool feeling whenever, you know, you, you put something in your head and, and try to get it done and then you do, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I mean, I feel you the same way here on the podcast. Like I did yeah, this exactly, sort of- a year and a half ago and I'm looking you know back six months like shoot like I was only doing this now I'm doing this like yeah. you know it's cool it's kind of cool to kind of look back and just see where you've gone but you know still you know looking forward towards the future and just continuously trying to evolve but um you got two more I got two fun questions here to end it off you know yeah. that way you're not thinking too hard but so <laughs> with being in the country music scene I'm a big country music fan so you know that's all I listen to you know I've got yeah. my couple of favorite artists but with you being in the industry who is the best country singer that we've got right now? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Uh, and if, I guess if you can't pick one, I mean, maybe I'll get, I'll give you I'll, I'll let you choose two. It's also hard because there's just eras. Like, I mean, when I think of like best ever. Well, I'm I'm okay. You can do best ever if you want. Maybe choose a couple and then choose a couple for yeah. Like, I'll just list I'll list some things that that just come to my head. Obviously, like best ever, George Strait is way up there. Uh, Keith Whitley's way up there. Uh, one of my personal favorites is Gary Stewart. Um, <clears throat> and then I think you can throw Randy Rogers up there too. Those guys, I mean they've been doing it for 20 years and like I grew up listening to them grew up admiring them and like they're just I mean they're so damn good they're they're crazy and I'm getting to play with them later this year which is just surreal to me too um but guys that I think of like right now that I think are just crazy talented that you know oh god that's tough I don't know I don't like Cody Johnson is is well on his way to being one of the best. Parker McCollum, too. I really love Co Wetzel. I know he's maybe not traditional country, but like it's it's all genuine and 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 I love everything he puts out. Um Mike Ryan, another one of those guys that like just vocally, like you hear his voice and you're like, damn, like dude can sing, you know. Um but yeah, I it's tough because I I love like 
<clears throat> I love a whole lot of I love a whole lot of 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 you know of dudes' music like whether it's their vocals or their stage presence or lyrically what they put out like I mean the list could just go on and on of dudes that you know are crazy like Shane Smith and them are insane William Clark Green is insane um yeah I mean <laughs> that's a that's a brutal question so no no Morgan Wallen Luke Holmes Hardy well, like so those no those guys I mean for sure that they're like like I don't get me wrong, I love Morgan Wallen and and Luke Combs' music. I think they put out a lot of really good stuff. Um, and if you were to ask me, like, who's the biggest right now? I think it has to be Morgan Wallen. Like he, like numbers wise, is just insane. Yeah. Like probably has the most listeners of any country artist ever. You know, um, and so yeah, those guys are. <clears throat> those guys don't even need to be mentioned at that point. You know what I mean? Like they're like, it's a given those guys are, you know, as popular as it gets and uh, very talented too. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, those were the people I was, I guess, expecting. Um, yeah. when I asked that just because, I mean, I know, like, I mean, people say, you know, it's not true country music fans who listen to the, the guys who are always at the top, which I mean, I love, you know, Morgan Wallen stuff, Luke Combs stuff. Hardy, all the, all those big name guys too. But I mean, I'll listen to you know Coy Co yeah. Wetzel, Cody Johnson, Zach yeah. Johnson, you yeah. know, and I I know there's a bunch of guys that I've probably never even heard of that are great singers as well. Um, yeah. No, that's kind of who I was expecting. But you know, I'm I'll when I'm when I'm editing this, you know, I'm gonna write those names down. Some yeah. of the guys that like what was it, Randy Rogers? You said. Oh, dude, you gotta listen to some Randy Rogers. Oh okay. my. What what song, Randy Rogers? What what what's what's his best song? I should listen to. Again, very tough question because they've had like, I mean, I don't even know how many albums and all of them are good, but I think I've heard him say this. So I'll tell you this just because if he says it, then, you know, it's gotta be true. I know his favorite that he says they play every night is called in my arms instead. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a love song and it's a song that when you hear it live, you just want to dance and like, you know, hold your hold your lady or whatever and so it's just one of those but dude you, i mean you can just pick out any randy rogers song and it's a it's a heater like they're they're damn good yeah and the thing, go ahead i was i was gonna say aldine's another one that i like this aldine luke bryan yeah. they're big yeah. guys that are yeah. like in that same conversation with wallen and luke combs like they don't really need to be mentioned yeah yeah yeah, yeah. some old jason aldean is hard to beat yeah, I, I fly over states. I, I I'm from Indiana, so you know every time that you ever yep. uh, drive through Indiana part comes on in that song, like you know I'm I'm pumped. I'm I'm jacked. But you need to you need to listen to to Why Indiana by Parker McCollum if you Why Indiana. I've how I don't know how I've never heard of that before. If I'm from yeah. Indiana, it was on his it was on his uh <laughs> well I mean he's saying like you know he's talking about why are you in Indiana basically, but it's cool because it says Indiana, but. Um, yeah, he came out with that song on, I think, his last album, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's a good one, too. Park McCollum's oh. a 
the dog. I'll, I'll listen to you. I'll listen to your three real quick, and the number four will be that. Yeah, one. there you go. There you uh, go. But no, but no, dig into my last question here. And this is going to be similar to the same end, ending question I asked all the ball players, just, you know, a hint different here. So let's say, you know, you continue evolving, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, you're one of those big name guys that's playing at, you know, Arlington uh, Globe Life Field or yeah. AT&T Stadium, you know, filling these big old stadiums and you have brands reaching out to you left and right. What would be your dream brand that you would love to endorse? That is a good question. That is a great question. Um, let me think about this. Oh my God. I think the first one that comes to mind is Lou Casey boots. Um, and I know that they, they have like a partnership with Parker McCollum. I think they have a partnership with another guy in the scene named William Beckman. Um, and I've always wanted to to get a pair of Luke Casey's, but they're like, you know, they're they're pricey. You know, yeah. they there's there's then they're rightfully so. Like they're they're nice boots. Um but yeah, so that would be really cool. And then oh my god, dude. Probably Whataburger. I'd want to deal with Whataburger. Have you ever had Whataburger up there? I, I had one one time. It's not here. I went to Texas for like four days once and that and uh there was a shoot. It, what's the one popular burger place that's like from California? But uh, in and out, in and out. I've had in and my first day in Texas. You know, I had just burgers left and right. Went to Waterburger. Went to In and Out. Um, I think maybe there was another burger place we went. I just wanted to try all the Texas stuff that yeah. I can't get here in the Midwest. So, yeah. um, you know, water. Yeah, Waterburger was great. I think I had like four burgers. It was like they're like I got going back. A number two from Waterburger. Double meat Whataburger with some spicy ketchup, and then the fries are just – I mean, you can't beat that. Dude. I freaking – Whataburger is, is king here. All right. Well, That would be a pretty sweet brand deal. Yeah. Hopefully here at the end of March when the final four hits, hopefully we see IU there in Houston playing. I'll make yeah. a trip down there, go get a number two spicy oh, yeah. ketchup, um, oh, yeah. watch IU hopefully win the, you know – March March Madness. I don't know if you're a college basketball fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I, I see the Final Fours in Houston. So, you know, I'm hoping for a for an early April trip down to Houston to go watch yeah. IU play. That would be sweet. I hope that our boy, uh, our boys at Texas AM, the Aggies, I hope they get it done too. They're having a pretty good year. Yeah, you guys are you guys are ranked right now, aren't you? Uh I don't know if they're or see the guy who keeps doing this bracketology, whatever his name is. Andy Katz? I, no, it's uh Lenardi, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, I've Joe Joey or something. Yeah, Joe Lenardi, yeah, he's got something out for AM because they've been. I mean, they've like since conference play has started. I think they've lost two games, and like they're they're killing it. And he keeps saying like they're uh, first four out or whatever, and it's just like, dude, come on, like they should have been in last year. And I mean, if they don't get it in this year, if they keep playing like they're playing, I mean, it'll be a prime, but. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope those boys make it make a little run too. Yeah. That'd be that'd be pretty nice. It'd be nice. With, I mean, with all the A and M people I know now, you know, with this series and the people in the oh, past, yeah. you know, I gotta gotta root for A and M too. Maybe you know a national championship game if you know maybe some Cinderella stories come out, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. we're not we're not known to be a basketball school, but it's it's fun when they start you know when they start playing pretty well. Yeah, I remember back a long time. I was probably seven, eight years old. I remember you guys knocked out Purdue, um, yeah. in, the, in the Sweet Sixteen. I was pissed because like Purdue was my team growing up. 
Really? That's like the first time I remember AM, but yeah. um, but no, that's tough, tough memory right there. <laughs> it, it is tough memory. I didn't even know I was like, what's what's AM stand for, Dad? Like, what the hell is this? But uh-huh. <laughs> um, but no, uh no, that's all man, that's all the questions I got for you here on the J Care podcast. Super pumped to get you on the show. You know, thankful as well. Um, it was really cool kind of getting to, you know, learn beyond the game of baseball, kind of get to know learn the country music yeah. scene a little bit. Uh, want to wish you the best of luck as you continue. Oh, obviously, best of luck this Friday as you uh, open up for Steve. You said Steve Smith and the Saints, right? Shane Smith and the Saints. Shane yeah. Smith. Okay. You'll have, you'll have to look them up. They they were. You heard the show Yellowstone. I I love Yellowstone. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're one of their songs was like uh, on that show. Um, okay. And I think that that's kind of like, you know made them take off even more i mean they were already killing it but like i think that kind of put their put their music in a whole lot of new people's ears um so yeah definitely go check out shane smith and the saints they're they're freaking they're they're really really good yeah i mean yellowstone can do some cool stuff if you get on there i mean look at lady wilson i mean zach johnson was big already but i mean on there Uh, i love yellowstone yeah yeah, I, I love Yellowstone, but no, I'll have to listen to him. Uh, but no, like I said, best of luck, you know, this upcoming Friday. Best of luck, you know, as you continue on your career. Hopefully mm-hmm. I see you, you know, playing at some big time stadium here in the next couple of years or so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Playing at Kid Rocks or Aldean's or something like that, too. Um, nice. Down there on Broadway in Nashville. But no, man, yeah. like I said, uh, thanks for coming on the show. And I just really, really appreciate it. Dude, absolutely. Thanks, Jace. Keep killing it yourself, man.